Well, uh, today we are talking about Emmanuel, that God is with us, that he's for us, that we're his kids, and uh, we can actually talk to him. We can be led and directed by God. We've been looking at the story of Moses and how he was actually called by God, and then God used his life, and he was constantly being led by the Lord his entire life. And so... Um, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Jesus actually invites us. He says that um, you are now called brothers and sisters. That we are actually brothers and sisters of Jesus. That God knows us as children. And we are brothers and sisters of Christ. That's pretty, pretty deep. Because then that means that God is our father. And he's a good father to us. And I know a little bit about being a dad and wanting to uh, give my kids direction and the right way to go to, to try to help protect them from maybe some of the mistakes that I've made in the past. Any other parents in the room? You try to say these things. And this is the direction I want you to go. And um, I, I want to help out. I want to be a part of your life as much as you'll let me. And so um, this is the way that the father actually loves his kids too. Like God loves us that much that he wants to give us direction, save us from heartache and, and help us out and be a part of our life. The other day, um, there was a, a gigantic storm that blew through. It was about 70 mile an hour winds. This was a little while ago. And it started blowing like crazy at our house. And uh, my dog started going crazy and I realized that there was actually a raccoon at the front door knocking on our door. Like he wanted out of the storm. And I have it on my ring doorbell. He's literally knocking, like very politely. Can I come inside? My dogs are going nuts. They didn't like it. And so then he goes over to our glass. We have glass right next to the door and he starts to knock on that and the dogs are going even more crazy. And so like everybody's looking at the glass and then he climbs up the glass and he goes into the top right above the door and just makes a nest up there as the storm is blowing through. And so I'm watching this. I'm looking out there and Amy and I are looking out there and the dogs are going crazy. They're just barking like, like nuts. But I had forgot that I invited our daughter Ariel to come over. And so as I'm looking at this raccoon up there, uh, I look up and here comes Ariel turning the corner, making her way to the door. I'm like, I'm not opening the door. This is middle of the day. It probably has rabies. What, what is it doing? You know? And so anyway, she starts to make her way towards the door and I look at her, I tap on the window. I go, oh, no, 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 no. And she uh, just keeps walking. She's got a tomic in her hand. Just like, what? And I said, no, turn around, turn around. Why? Why? No, turn around. So she just keeps walking up to the door. She thought I was joking around. And I'm like, no, seriously, turn around. All I'm thinking is he's going to jump down and like, you know, jump on top of her head or something. And so I'm trying to save her. Turn around. Why? Because... I'm not going to go in the deep. Just turn around. Go back to your car. Why? Fine. Whatever. So she walks away and goes back to her car. And so we come out of the garage and I go and I show her like, you see up there, there's a raccoon like in the middle of the day and he's freaked out. 
She's like, oh. <laughs> That's why I'm saying go back to your car. Head back. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if God's voice was so clear to us? Like, turn around. Go back to your car. This isn't the path for you. He's not the one. And we could hear him. Why? <laughs> That's my first response. This is the type of relationship that I'm talking about with the Lord that we can have. You know, this is why Jesus died on the cross for us, is to have that type of relationship with God. That we can really be led daily, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that we're hearing the word of God, giving us direction, giving us encouragement. This is what Jesus did for every single one of us in the room. And he says, I call you brothers and sisters. The same way Jesus heard from God is the same way we can hear from the Lord. That our ears could be open and we could hear him clearly. The other night we had a, a couple over for, for dinner, a family. And I set up ahead of time, called in a pizza order like an hour before and said, hey, I'm picking it up at 530 and I show up to pick it up at 5.30, and I say, uh, he says, uh, what, what's your order? What's your last name? And I said, McReynolds. And he goes, what's that? And I said, McReynolds, because I'm going underneath the plastic thing. Like, McReynolds. And he's like, oh, okay, McReynolds? McReynolds, okay. And he goes over to pick up the pizzas, and I watch him walk around over there, and he turns around, and he starts talking to another coworker, and uh, another coworker is like, huh? You know, I'm like, oh, great. They, they don't have my pizza. And so he comes back and he goes, actually, can you wait like 30 minutes? <laughs> okay, man. Like, that's fine. I don't know what happened, but, you know, can you wait 30 minutes? So I had a seat right next to the, the front register there. And I watched the next person come in. And they go up to the, the plastic, the plexiglass, and they say, Johnson. He says, what's that? And he said, Johnson. Everybody's going underneath this thing. <laughs> and uh, so he walks over, grabs two pizzas. Okay, that'll be $190. No. And so uh, guy walks out, goes out to his car, and then comes back inside with the two pizzas and says, this is actually the wrong order. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, the last name's Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Okay, so takes the pizzas back and puts them back up there, and then grabs Johnson's pizzas. And then Thompson is the next person, like Thompson, and then so they take the pizzas they just gave to Johnson, give it to Thompson. And I'm just like, the system's broke. Can somebody please fix this? Like, you gave my pizzas away. That's what happened. Somebody came in with the last name Mick something, and there, there goes my pizzas out the door. You know, the system's broke. The, the, the plexiglass, is, it's broken. Can somebody take some, you know, a drill bit and just screw some holes in there and we could talk to one another? I watched three people get the wrong orders and turn around and bring them back in. It's a broken system. And this is the system of religion. The system of religion says we can't hear from God. We're not good enough to hear from God. Our lives don't line up to actually hear from God. We got to go to somebody else to hear from God. They'll hear from God, and then they'll tell us what God said. 
And that's not what I'm saying today at all. What I'm saying is it's a new system that Jesus did. When he died on the cross for us, we actually get to hear from the Lord. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus. The same connection that Jesus would go up on the mountainside, and the Bible says it all the time in the, in the gospel, that Jesus would go up on the mountainside and he would connect with God and then he'd have compassion for people. He would connect with God and then he would take off to the next town. So he's getting this direction from the Lord. They're working together. So today what I'd love to pray is that our plexiglass would come down. That we would take down the plexiglass of being able to hear from God all the, the things that have told us we can't, that we have to, it's Neil. God, do you, do you hear me? That he does. He's, he's a part of our life. That we can talk directly to him, and then we can actually hear him, and then we can respond. So would you just pray that with me this, this morning? Let's just pray for our eyes to be open, our ears to to hear clearly in any walls, any, any plexiglass we've put up around our hearts that says, you know what, like that's for somebody else. Let's just tear that down today. Let's hear from the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way, God. Have your way. Open our ears. Every single one of us in this room, open our ears to what it is that you want us to hear. Lord, we want to be led. We want to, we want to have direction. We want to have purpose. We want to have guidance. And so, Lord, would you speak so clearly to us um, anything that has been trying to block that, any earplugs, any mumbling. Lord, would you just remove that right now? clarity over every single ear in this room, including myself, Lord. Would you just speak really clearly to me on the direction of this message and what it is that we're um, actually diving into and where you want to lead? Just to choose to surrender over to you, whatever it is that you want to do. Come, Holy Spirit. Open our ears. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool, we're ready. We're ready? Yeah. All right. So, Moses, when he was born, his, his mom actually had to surrender him over to the Lord and just trust God with his life. And so, Moses actually is born a Levite, which is an Israelite, but. He's raised in, as a Pharaoh's daughter, raised him. And so Moses sees this injustice against his own people. And what Moses does is he kind of handles it himself. He takes matters into his own hands. And this leaves Moses out in the middle of the desert trying to figure out life. He's working for, for somebody. He's watching somebody's sheep. He becomes a shepherd He's coming from being an Egyptian in palaces and, and living out in the desert. And while he's out there, he sees this bush burning, and the bush is 
keeps burning, which kind of makes me think that bushes burned back then in the desert, that maybe, you know, there's, you know how you take your magnifying glass? I don't know. Anyways, sorry. So there's a bush burning. <laughs> there's an angel of the Lord in the bush. And so he goes over to the bush, curious. And I think curious for purpose. What am I doing out here? Why am I here? Why am I in this season? And he goes over to the bush and God actually speaks to him there and says, Moses, Moses, I'm actually calling you to lead my people to freedom. And Moses says, why? Why me, God? Right? Because that's what we say when God calls us to more than ourselves. And God says, because I'm going to be with you. It's not about you, Moses. I'm going to use you to lead my people to freedom. And so he goes back to Egypt and he performs all these miracles, these signs and wonders of the Lord because God is with him. And Pharaoh finally says, you know what? This is enough. Go ahead and take, my, take your people and leave the city. And so Moses has the Israelites. The, the game plan was to go lead the people to freedom. He has the Israelites, and they're leaving Egypt. They're on their way out of Egypt. And this is where we pick it up in the story in Exodus 13, 17. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Would you say, though that was shorter with me? Though that was shorter. He doesn't lead them through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. See, the Philistine people did not like the Israelites. There has been beef there for years. And so God doesn't want to take them the Philistine route. He actually is going to take them the long route. How many of you love the long route around? Right? Just love it. Uh, Google, what's the longest route to Nashville? How many of you ever said that? What's <laughs> What's the slowest roads I can drive on? Nobody. But God knew the Israelites, and if they faced battle against the Philistines, they would turn back around and go, you know what? It was better in Egypt. I get so frustrated with the Lord on long routes. And you know it's only for my good. It's the only reason he's doing it. He's preparing us. We not, might not be ready for what God has for us yet. And so he's actually going to give us the long route. So what happened with Moses as he's leading the people through the long route is God is actually bringing them closer and closer and saying, Moses, I need you to tell the people what it's like to be a child of God now to have me in their life. And so Moses is getting these words from God, then he's telling the Israelites, this is what it means to have God in our life, that he is leading us, that he's directing us. Sometimes 
What I want God to do takes way longer than I expected. I'm going to take that back. Every time what I want God to do takes way longer than expected. But sometimes the Lord just gives us the long route to prepare us. Get our hearts ready to bring us in closer. This is what my voice sounds like. This is the direction we're going. Turn here. Don't go there. Stay away. The long route. So God purposes, uses the the long route for Moses to, to bring people in closer. And if you fast forward in this story, you'll see that Pharaoh decides it wasn't his best idea to let the people go. And so he's like, I'm going to actually go and get those people back. And so he leaves with all of his chariots, his spears, and his army, and they come after the Israelites. Exodus 14.10 says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us out in the desert to die? (laughs) What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us just serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Guys, this is the first obstacle they faced. They weren't ready for the Philistines. They weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for battle. It's the very first obstacle they faced, and they say, let's just go back to what was comfortable. Let's just head back. You know, in frustration comes cynicism. And I think this is one of the most cynical things uh, statements I've, I've ever heard in the Bible. Was it there, that there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Like, could you imagine being Moses? Like you're used by God, you're leading this way, and then people are like, they face one obstacle and let me out of here. I'm done. Let's just go back to Egypt. Cynicism comes with frustration on the direction where God has us. I just want to speak really quickly to leaders in this room. If you have direction and purpose for your life or what you feel God has called you to, you cannot read the crowd on whether or not that is the direction you were supposed to go. You have to read what Jesus says over your life and what his direction is, because if you try to read a crowd, you're going to be all over the place. You know, crowds come and go. But when you have direction in your life and what Jesus is doing in, in your heart and where he's leading you, that connection of being able to hear from the Lord has to be so strong because you're going to run into people that say cynical things that make you feel like, well, I guess we're not moving forward then. So look at how Moses actually approaches this. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. 
You only need to be still. That didn't come from Moses. That came from calling. God's been fighting for you this entire time. He's going to continue to fight for you. I love that word there, though. The Lord will fight for you. You, what is my role in this? Be still. God's going to fight for me as I am still. He says, stand firm, be still. Sometimes with obstacles, we think that, oh, this isn't the Lord's voice. Maybe I was directed in a different path or, oh, I must have screwed something up. Stand firm, be still. You're right where God has you. You're right where the Lord has you right now. Stand firm, be still. Stand firm, be still. Right where the Lord has you. In other words, let's see what God can do. Let's see what the Lord can do with this scenario, with this situation, with this business, with this financial burden. Let's see what the Lord can do. Stand firm, be still. What if you don't run back to Egypt? Stand firm and be still, and let's see what God can do. Moses tells the people, stand firm and be still. And then the very next verse, then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. <laughs> so stand firm, be still, move on. Mm, you just, I thought we were standing firm, being still, like move on. Why are you crying out to me? I've already given you the direction I've already given you the purpose. I've already given you the game plan. I've revealed it all to you. So why are you crying out to me? Move on. Keep going. You're right where you're supposed to be. Keep going. Stand firm. Be still. Let's see what God can do if you take a step forward. So why are you crying out to me? Move on. But there's a sea in front of the Israelites and there's Egyptians behind them chasing them down. The sea is about a mile long and about 30 feet deep. So imagine the Mississippi in its widest part. And this is the sea that the Israelites are faced with. Stand firm, be still, move on. We're not talking about Crow Creek. We're talking about a sea in front of them. Stand firm, be still, move on. Let's see what God can do. God says, raise your staff and stretch out your hands over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with the strong east winds and turned it into dry land. It says all that night. Have you guys ever like been in a worship service where you put your arms out? You're like, I can make it one song. <laughs> oh, they're doing another song? I thought this was a three-song set. 
all right, God, I got to rest my arms. I mean, you're worthy to be praised, but <laughs> my shoulder is kind of tired. I remember in basketball, they'd make you put your hands over your head, and then you had to do wall squats. They were much better than what I just, this much better squats than that. So Moses, all night long, holds out his arms, and the sea is parted. And they walk on dry ground. But the cool thing with Moses is that he always had Aaron with him. You know what Aaron did when Moses put out his arms? He came alongside him and held up his arms. See, when you take a leap of faith, God will put people around you to help support your decision in the direction. That you have a supporting cast that are ready to hold out your arms. They're ready to be a part of it. So Moses, in faith, holds out his staff. And he's holding a staff. Like, that's got to get heavy. In faith, he holds out his staff, and the sea is parted, and the Israelites walk through. They walk through on dry ground, a mile. Which, when Moses took a leap of faith to even stretch out his arms, and the sea parts... He created a way that other people could actually participate in faith in God also. Because when you're standing in the middle of dry ground with 30 feet of water on each side, you're taking a step of faith. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but I would let like 10 to 20 people go in front of me and see if they made it through. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) I guess this is the water staying there. Isn't that so cool? But... When, when, we're lead, when we're led and, and guided by God and we take a step of faith, that it actually creates an opportunity for others to take steps of faith. They see the faith that you took and they're like, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that too. So the Israelites make it to the other side of the sea. They're off on their way to the promised land. There's really cool parallels with this story in in the New Testament where Jesus actually goes out and uh, he sends the disciples to the other side of the sea in a boat. And the Bible says that it was a a storm and the, the disciples were straining at the oars. And Jesus was hanging out Connecting with God, talking with the Lord, and then starts to walk out on the water. And the Bible says that he was going to pass by the disciples, but he saw them straining. The sea represents turmoil, frustration. This is what seas represented in the Bible. And so Jesus sees the disciples straining at the oars and they call to him. And Jesus stops. He no longer parts seas. Instead, Jesus just walks on water. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. 
And so when we follow Jesus, what we're actually invited into is that same type of faith that our hope and our trust is completely in the Lord from now on. And he's not passing you by today. He's not walking on past and, and just keep, keeps on going and doesn't understand what's going on in your life. He knows every single intricate detail of our life. And he stops and he says, you know what? You're straining at the oars. You're trying so hard. Stand firm. Be still. Watch what I can do with this situation. That's the God we serve. This is, this is a relationship that the Lord wants to invite us in on, that there's, there's no more barriers, that we're getting encouragement from the Lord, that we're actually receiving direction from him, that we save ourselves some heartache from some hard lessons that we learned in the past. Now we can actually hear him, and he, he's, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I got you. 